Dictators, you're back with the one, the only Amy Oakley here in Asheville, North Carolina. It is January 14th. Hard to believe that, man, we're already halfway through January with all the craziness that's been going on in life. Uh, Six days to inauguration, maybe six days to the next civil war. I guess we don't really know. Here in the States, every day is a new adventure. Uh, What's new with me for this weekly check-in? Well, I'm still rocking the the boyfriend. Um, you know, he's a super pretty accessory. I'm not really sure um, the true direction of that, I guess. We have yet to say I love you or really commit to one another. Although we do certainly have a lot of fun and a lot of good times. Um, but, yep, working the boyfriend angle. Um, I'm getting a new therapist. My therapist um, is going out and having a baby. Um, I tell her that she's fucking crazy. She's made it this far in life without having kids. Why would she fuck it up now? But despite uh, my better advice that I've been giving her, she's going to have this baby. Um, But in the interim, I'm going to have a new therapist, which I'm actually pretty psyched about. I don't... um, I don't know sometimes like how much progress I'm making with my current therapist, so the idea of trying somebody new and seeing if something different can flush out is, is pretty interesting to me. So that's going to happen. Um, I think maybe I might be going through some kind of seasonal depression right now. That's what I call it, seasonal depression. Um, or maybe some people might call it like a fit of life, desperation, I'm not sure, but I'm in such a weird place where I'm just fucking tired, (laughs) I'm tired all the time, and I don't have COVID, I don't, Um, I wish it was that easy and I knew I was going to be over it in a month or so, but I think I'm just fucking tired of um, everybody staying at home and staying away and feeling like friendships are two arms apart, and I can't go do anything that offers me a ton of pleasure, um, even just, you know, going to the bar and meeting strangers doesn't happen anymore because everyone's afraid to talk to other people. By God, you might get a disease and die. Um, so it's just tough out there. It's hard out there for a pimp. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I talked to some of my friends who are my most favorite people who are outgoing and loving and exciting and just real sparks in my life and they all the time are also struggling with this so I don't know maybe it's the winter time and the cold has been a little rainy here um but I don't know but I'll tell you what it's putting me on the edge of a bender and I haven't really talked to the guy I've been dating about this yet but I will just be completely transparent and say that I did talk to um this girl on the phone that I used to hook, hook up with, just kind of feel in the waters a little bit to see if she might be into it, and of course she was. So now I'm faced with this conversation of talking to my man about how he feels about that, with being with another girl, and um, me being with another girl, and I don't know, maybe it'll spur a bigger conversation I've been wanting to have with him. Who knows? Um, I'm certainly... Not acting on it. Not in a full bender yet. Thanks, Dick Shaders, for looking out for Amy Oakley. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm on that path. Maybe I'm going to switch it around. I don't know. 
Um, so that's uh, that's the weekly update. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, divorce. Um, my buddy Steve talks to me often about different topics that I could have for this podcast because sometimes I feel a little bit um, lost, I guess. Um, what else I want to speak about? Because um, sometimes my podcasts feel so powerful that it's hard for me to have something to talk about that's going to be that impactful again, at least solo anyway. So um, he has been telling me I should talk about uh, lesbian divorce um, because it's such a phenomenon, if you will. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, thanks for that check-in. Thanks for listening. And I will be right back. Um, so gay marriage has been something that's been a really big player in my life and not because I was gay and got married. I mean, that was a piece of it, but there was uh, so much work that I did personally in my community and throughout the country to try to make that happen. Um, I can remember my first experience with really uh, feeling treated unfairly is that I was in downtown Asheville. I must have been in my super early 20s and there was this big rally downtown was a bunch of super crazy like religious zealots on megaphones in the park who were screaming um about how homosexuals were going to go to hell and how gay marriage should never be allowed and it was an abomination and all this kind of stuff and I remember standing on the outskirts with a couple of other people I, I didn't know them directly they were people I knew around town their faces um other lesbians mostly and people were shouting and raising hell so I started shouting and raising hell because I couldn't believe that it was happening and then the next thing I knew I was being circled up with cops with uh with guns and like kind of riot shields and we were being like herded away from this religious group of people who were you know in the shouting match with us and what I can remember from that very moment is thinking that I was the one who was being treated unfairly and I was the one being ostracized and I was the one who wasn't being given equality and I wasn't being protected by the people that I was paying to protect me and they were contributing to the um, potential violence and the and the fear and the irrational behavior of these other people um, and that hit me pretty hard and I for the first time wrote an editorial to the local newspaper here just really talking about it that was published and it really kind of gave me um, a little bit of confidence in this power boost I needed to say fuck this let's do something different um, and a couple of years after that, I started working with this lady who um, ran a little event in town that was called Asheville Pride Fest, and she was kind of, I don't know, a hot mess for lack of a better term. And I worked with her for a couple of years, and it was just never what it was meant to be. Like on TV and in other towns that I would go to visit, there would be these amazing Pride Fests all over the place, and I mean, people were just having the time of their fucking lives, and it was a giant party and a celebration. And then you would come to Asheville, and it was just like super lame it was like a disabled lesbian show or something I don't really know how to explain it so um you know a couple of friends of mine we we went to one it was in the parking lot of the local gay bar here and I think it was the the after the last year I'd volunteered for it and I just had this whole moment of thinking man this is not actual pride there's nothing prideful about this As a matter of fact this is actual shame and then that's what we uh decided to call it from that point forward and what we decided through those uh, through those conversations was that we needed something else. We were going to make it happen. And so we decided to uh, start something else. We wanted to start uh, Blue Ridge Pride Festival. And so that's what we did. Um, 
and I can remember sitting down with a bunch of my um, gay boyfriends and my girlfriend at the time and kind of planning it out and making it happen and uh, it was an incredible experience. I met a lady who I refer to as my uh, tranny granny. I can remember uh, being so just like uh, twisted on the inside and going to this uh, public speaking gathering and everybody was coming from all sections of gay life in Asheville to come and talk to us because they wanted to know how um, a couple of young lesbians and a couple of young gay guys were going to make Asheville Pride so different when it had sucked in Asheville for all these years and how we felt we could go in and represent the community and change it around and make it positive and so you know fuck that's what we did was uh was go right in there and I was questioned like I was on trial by all these older gay folks who just wanted to know what we were doing and um you know I made it through I skirted through I think bullshitting is maybe one of my skills but I made it through and I remember this uh like you know six foot three trans lady coming up to me afterwards and was just like I'm on board with you I believe in you I believe in what you're gonna do and this is this is gonna rock um you know from that point forward I loved her my trainee granny um, she was also a log cabin Republican, which always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but, you know, to each their own. Um, who are we to really judge, I guess? Um, so, you know, from that, you know, the, the fight for gay marriage was just, was just on. Um, I went on what I call the Pride Circuit Tour, where I went everywhere from New York down to Florida, um, out, out west a bit, um, uh, just going on Pride Tour going to all these different festivals, setting up our tent, uh, talking about our cause, getting people to come on board to join us in Asheville. Um, and it was, uh, it was awesome. You know, I ended up getting on um, national board through the Obama administration to talk about um, gay marriage and equal rights um, at the federal level. That was very cool. Um, I remember getting Christmas cards from them every year um, after being on that committee, and that was always kind of a, a weird, subtle joy. Um, you know, in as much uh, work as that was politically and socially for, for justice, it was also just a shit ton of fun. Like, I don't know until I had started working with all the, the gays in Pride that I really knew or loved gay men in, in, in such a powerful way. Like, these boys were... They were fucking nuts. So I can remember going, being in Georgia, I guess it was, um, I guess it was Georgia, somewhere South Georgia, it wasn't Atlanta, but we went to this pride festival and met these couple guys and, you know, they're telling us about how things run where they are. We're trying to learn about, you know, events that happen with pride, um, different parties and stuff like that. And they're telling us about this place that they go called, I don't know if it was called like the sanctuary or... I don't know, the retreat, I don't know, something very woodsy sounding or whatever, but anyway, it's this whole, like, kind of like weekend resort for gay boys where they basically just fuck each other all weekend in different ways, shapes, and forms. I um, remember these guys telling us about this one room at this resort, and they called it the pig pen, and I'd never in my life heard anything like this, and I was equally intrigued and grossed out um, when he proceeded to say that it was um, a bunch of toilet seats lined up in a room and with like a wall and you couldn't it couldn't see anything and the guys sat down and there were other guys laying underneath with their heads under their asses that would eat their assholes out um i don't know <clears throat> it was called the pig pen it was sounded really fucking crazy and gross and i can't even 
I, I don't know. I'm not um, afraid of any ass play. Like, I actually kind of like it a little bit. But the idea of eating someone's asshole, random, that I don't know, it just isn't really a turn on for me. Um, but these guys had some crazy ass fucking stories. And I learned from them what Grinder was. I'd never heard of that shit before. And it was a real introduction to the to the lifestyle of what it meant to, I don't know, be wild and free, I guess. So um, I think all of that probably culminated for me in the fight for gay marriage with a march on Washington. We were um, coming towards the end of our pride tour and um, we were working with this group called Campaign for Southern Equality and they were doing a lot of uh, civil disobedient kind of acts in order to promote the the agenda for marriage equality and so we ended up um, starting in Virginia and getting denied at a courthouse um, for these two guys to get married and then marched uh, them in their full tuxes with other groomsmen and everything all the way to the Jefferson Memorial um, Washington DC in the park and did like an impromptu rogue totally illegal um, gay marriage right there at the Jefferson Memorial and it was really uh, it was it was powerful in a lot of different ways and um, I can just you know mem- remember kind of feeling triumphant you know um and having so much pride pride in that um but one thing that does stick in my head through all of it um because for all of this work towards you know marriage equality you know that got passed in you know summer of 2015 and as soon as I know it like you know every every girl couple I know is like rushing all over to get married they've been together all for 10 or 12 years already and they're you know just rushing to get their paperwork done or whatever and I can remember one of my buddies telling me, he was like, man, you guys are all fighting for something. You know, it's the one thing that the gays do right is that they don't have to get married and they don't have to have the paperwork and all the bullshit that goes with it. You can just be with who you love. And I remember at the time thinking, like, what a fucking male white privilege, you know, fucking straight hetero bullshit statement is that. But I got to tell you, now that I'm on the other side of it, I really do see where he was coming from, that there was a lot behind um enjoying what you have and the simplicity of life and not uh, jumping into a marriage situation. But regardless, uh, when I come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, about fighting for your right to get divorced. So sometimes what's left in my mouth about gay marriage is just all those fights and tears and energy all spent for all those years just to turn around and have the heartache and spend all the money on a divorce. (laughs) Um, So, you know, federal marriage equality was passed in 2015. By 2016, I was married. And then by winter of 2017, I was already divorced. Um, And, you know, it's funny. It's funny to think about that in in like a bigger picture right because I was just kind of wondering like you know all these people I know that ran out and got married like what is the divorce rate like am I the only one like you know because I I think my situation is a little bit different but who knows and so I started looking at some stats on that and like kind of what I found out is um is that there's a huge divorce rate for for lesbians um that probably it's two and a half times higher than straight couples or, or gay men. And so it's kind of started thinking about this and I'm like, well, you know, every lesbian relationship I've ever been in where I married someone or I moved in with somebody what happened like quick and on the fly. Like if you don't know the term lesbian U-Haul, kind of what it means is that women can sometimes build such a strong connection emotionally 
and um, emotionally and sexually that, you know, it feels like instantaneous love. And it's almost like a like a drug almost, um, this kind of infatuation that comes with it. And so they call it the lesbian U-Haul when you date somebody for a mere matter of weeks before you're living together. Um, and then, you know, you're intertwining your lives together and apparently getting married together and then getting divorced, um, a hot year or two later is what the stats are, are showing. Um, and I guess that's, uh, kind of, kind of funny, um, when I think about it. Um, you know, so I can, a couple of what I guess what's also entertaining about it and this is what Steve brings up and I think we might um, talk about it on another segment to add on to this is that um, a lot of the my girlfriends that are close um, when they got divorced including myself um, you know there's this kind of pack mentality that comes into play so we all are super tight hanging out together all the time and when we split uh, we take one on and, you know, bring them back into the crew and then the other one is kind of exiled. And so as it's turned out, like the trend t- seems to be that, um, all these girls that get exiled, uh, turn to dick that maybe they're not lesbians at all. And so this is a very curious thought in my mind that a, it, you know, it's a, do we all know that internally or subconsciously we knew that they weren't lesbians and so that's why it was okay to turn our back to them? Or, you know, what's even more curious is, so I'm bisexual and I've been through this, but the pack never disowned me. You know, they kind of disowned my ex-wife who's a full-on lesbian. So I'm not really sure how that works and it's pretty, pretty curious to me. even kind of more interesting part of it is so my ex-wife when she moved here she didn't know anybody she knew a couple of, well she really she knew the girl that she moved here to be with and that was about it more or less and so really her whole crew she she met through me and through my friends and so when we split and got divorced I got the core you know pack of lesbians and she ended up you know, getting my high school ex-girlfriend um, which was kind of super weird um, and the fantasy football team so I guess we each walked out with our with our own um, wins there, if you will, if that's what you want to call it. I'm not sure that's that's what I would call it at all. Um, and so, you know, my ex has told me before that she definitely felt exiled from the group and um, she wasn't really sure what to do with those feelings and that she'd talked to a couple other girls who'd been in the same situation and that they all sh- share that together and... Um, you know, not that I necessarily think it's true, but uh, Steve likes to refer to them as the loser bras- loser bracket of the lesbian mafia. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's what we refer to ourselves as the lesbian mafia. Um, and he asked me just today, how come you did not get exiled from the lesbian mafia? And what I told him was because, bitch, I am the lesbian mafia. Um, that was uh, my creation under the dark of night, I suppose. Um, but I don't know, um, I shall return and we'll talk a little bit more about this, uh, gay divorce or maybe just divorce in general. So dick shaders, I, what you don't know from listening to this episode is that it's actually taken me a couple weeks to get back to it and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to say in all of that time, um, I thought I was going to have some kind of 
prolific information to share in regards to friendships and divorce and all those kind of things. But really, I don't. I mean, I guess the end lesson is like, divorce is fucking divorce and it sucks. Like, really? Why are people running off to get married? I mean, you know, family you keep forever. I don't know about lovers. I just can't see it. I don't know. I've uh, recently been talking to a lot of different people who are trying to find lovers who are married. And so we'll see how that goes. I'm going to do some independent research and let you guys know. But in general, you know, uh, go for happiness. Always go for happiness. And if you ask me, it's not going to happen through marriage. You're going to find out when you least expect it. Um, but, you know, I can say that me and the other gays, we fought for some fucking marriage. And we won it. And Trump took it away. But you know what I think is going to happen after these couple of weeks now that I've seen Biden in office? I think that we're going to get it back. We're going to have the, the gay marriage here and forever. I guess Trump didn't really take it away. That's a lie. Uh, just took away a lot of other things. But I think we're going to continue to progress. And what do people want to see it or not? Um, the real reality is, like, love whoever the fuck you want to love. You know? Fuck man, woman, trans person, I don't know, maybe you just really like fucking goldfish, whatever it is, go out, be you, enjoy life, yep, that's all we got for the end of this episode, if you want to talk to me, if you want to tell me how amazing I am, feel free to uh, email me at dickshade828 at gmail.com and I will get it back to you. Uh, peace and love.